0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Main Menu for the 11th of November 2016. I am your co-host, Jason Castingway. Well, this week, we have our guest, Joe Steinkamp, with us once again, and we are talking all about the new Google Home device. It's a conversation which has all sorts of interesting tangents and comparisons, and we even get a little into the Chromecast devices, and it's all over the place. We had a great time. I want to apologize for the audio in Skype during some of the demonstrations of Google Home. Sometimes Skype rejects sounds and the audio is a little bit muffled in some spots. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome everybody to Main Menu and we have caught up with somebody that has been on our podcast and just about every podcast that I've been on. Mr. Joe Steinkamp. Welcome, oh, Joe. How you doing? Thank
3: you. I appreciate it. It is an honor and a privilege always to be back on what I consider the blindness equivalent of 60 minutes. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and with the clocks he has in his house, folks, I'm not kidding. It would. Uh,
2: yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, I, got, I was even honorable mentioned in one of your BB casts even. So that You was, were. That was pretty you so, famous. so were. <laughs> uh,
3: i get around i meet a lot of people you know how this works um oh yeah but i yeah. i'm here i brought this little cool thing to talk about on this particular podcast and i picked it up recently and it looks like a an air freshener i'm not kidding you remember those renews it ones the ones that were plastic you raised it a little and then you could stick your finger inside and touch like you oh, stuff. that gel but stuff
0: yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah it smelled yeah. awful uh oh.
3: well it looks what, a lot like that, and oddly enough, you can actually take a piece off on that, uh, but I'll 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 tell them about that in a moment. But and it, what we're talking a, about is Google Home. Google Home, right here. For some people, the easiest way to say is that it's like Amazon Echo, but smaller.
2: Yeah, it even makes a comment that I wish it were the size of the Echo, but she can live inside there, I think. It's you know, <laughs> the thing about the Echo,
3: it's very tall. It's like the Monolith from 2001, and... It is one of those things that has a bunch of microphones on it. It has like seven, and this has like two, and it has a big blue, like staring eye, like HAL 2001 is red, but this is blue. Yeah, pretty much. But the Google Home is much smaller, and it's designed to kind of fit in the background. Now, I mentioned the Renews It thing at the beginning. What this is, is about six inches tall. It kind of flares downward. Think of it like a teardrop. So it's a, you know, thin on the top and then kind of widens out as you get to the base. Now, this is good because it is one of those things that won't get knocked over when the cat chases the laser pointer. You know, (laughs) you don't have to have it on a reinforced uh, kind of thing. Uh, It doesn't really require you to place it places. It has two speakers that kind of are in the base. It can get very loud and is perfect for a small room or kitchen or something like that. It's not designed to be used at a house party. It is definitely a personal device that you would have in a bedroom or in a hallway and they can actually chain them. If you have multiple Google homes, it can actually sync up, see each other and you could have um, it play music all over the house at once. Uh, kind of like what Sonos does with multi-room.
2: Wow. That's really cool. That, that nice. I did not know.
3: Yeah, it is not Bluetooth-enabled. So if you like Bluetooth speakers, uh, which the Amazon Echo still does, uh, so you can do that on some versions of the Echo, you can Bluetooth that way. But I tell you that it's a little better that you don't because, as you know, Bluetooth is uh, flaky at oh, best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, anybody who's used it kind of knows um, why Apple is doing the AirPods thing. Uh, they, they're not a big fan of uh, Bluetooth audio either. But what Google does... Is they have the other Chromecasts, both the video and the audio version of the Chromecast, can talk to Google Home. And you can actually tell Google Home to do things. So I can tell Google Home to, hey Google, play Muse Radio on Mabel. All right, Muse from Google Play Music,
1: playing on Mabel.
3: Now, you heard me say Mabel. I've renamed my Chromecast Audio, which is up above uh, on one of my desks. I named her Mabel, uh, and I can actually send audio to it. it. This isn't coming out of the Google Home now. I actually have music coming out of my Chromecast Audio or Mabel. Oh. So that's kind of cool. And I have a television right now, which is a SmartCast from Vizio, which has a Chromecast built into it. Unfortunately, that's not supported at the moment. I'm hoping they're going to patch that in. But I can get another Chromecast video hook it on a second television and I could tell this device that I'm sitting in front of me to play say the new Star Wars Rogue One trailer on that television and it will go to YouTube and then throw it up there
2: right I was just gonna wow. ask you about YouTube support but I didn't it was I think it was gonna be coming this early
3: yeah yeah <laughs> only podcast. YouTube but they're they're hoping that a lot of the other Chromecast apps uh here let me stop the music in the background hey Google stop okay there it goes they're so hoping that they can get some of the other about- the other things. So if you have a Chromecast video, you already can throw things like Netflix and Hulu and CW and all these other apps that are available in the Google Home app. So when you get this thing, Randy, you pull it out of the box, you plug it in. And by the way, the only thing that's in the box is the Chromecast, the power cord, which is like 5 feet, and... That's it. The box and a little bit of cards that'll tell you what to do with it. Oh, you you said plug it in.
2: You mean you mean Google uh, Home? The Google it? Home, right? Yeah. Okay.
3: And oh, if you buy a Chromecast, it depends. If you get a Chromecast Audio, you get the cable to connect it. You get a little three-point-five-inch jack, so you can plug it into that. Like it's meant to plug into existing speakers or an existing stereo set supporting three-point-five. And it has an optical, I believe, too. And then you can plug that into your speakers and then you connect everything through the the Google Home app. It used to be called the Chromecast app, but they recently renamed it both on Android and iOS, which work Mm -hmm. both with VoiceOver and Android. Yeah. And uh, the Chromecast video, there are two of those. There's a normal one that works for uh, traditional high-definition television. So uh, there's a new one called a Chromecast Ultra, which has HDR support. And we'll work on 4K televisions. Now, that's for people who have brand-new half-angled televisions that just came out. And uh, both work with the Google Home app. And the Google Home app is what you use to control Google Home or your other devices.
2: Now, when you actually turn the uh, device on, I, now, from what I've heard, I don't know this to be a fact, but you actually turn it on through your devices, you know, through your tablet slash phones. Right. Is that correct? Yeah, so it will power up and then it will tell you to go get the Google Home app. Mm -hmm. You get the
3: Google Home app and when you launch it, it detects that it's on your network or nearby because it'll seek that out. And then it'll walk you through the process of, hey, what do you want to call me and where do you want me to be? And also give me the name and password of your Wi-Fi. And then when it does from there, it works its way into all the devices, sees itself, and then you can control it from the app or then by speech. How nice! That sounds great. It's, so it is great going... that um, you're you're using it the way that everybody else does, which is what I really adore about this. Is because everybody's going to talk to it, or people are going to use the app in the same way. It's not like it's something specific or a workaround or some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, th- turn three times and point your nose to the moon to
2: get this to work. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sounds great. Now, when you do YouTube uh, with it, when you um, contact YouTube through the device, can you watch just about anything? uh, Well, watch. Can you listen to, let's say that you uh, subscribe to a certain channel. Can you tell it to go to a certain channel? And how does that work with YouTube?
3: Yeah. If you have it as a subscription, it will do that kind of thing. So if you have, let's say Daily Tech News Show on as a subscription, you could say play Daily Tech News Show or Twit or something like that. If you're, if you do something in that direction, it gets a little crazy if you have something that might not be phonetic, like if there's a certain spelling, like there's a band called Kitty, K-I-T-T-I-E, that it might have a little trouble with. But for the most part, it's good at finding that if you give it something like play Kitty and then name an album, then it knows it has something to hang on to. Where it gets really confusing is when you do wildcards like that, I will forget sometimes that I want to send that music to my Chromecast audio or Mabel so I'll say play Muse and then I'll go, oh, I meant to say play Muse on Mabel. You have to go through mm-hmm. the process of linking them. But that's kind of cool. And you want to name them something that you can remember if you don't want to call it Chromecast Audio because it doesn't like made up words. So if you like put two words together or uh, I think the Chromecast Audio originally was called Cromulent because Ricky likes uh, The Simpsons and that's a word that was used and it didn't find that. So we had to change it to uh, Mabel and Dipper, which is from uh, Gravity Falls
2: hmm Yep. So are you, I'm assuming that you really like the device now that you have it. Before we start demonstrating it, how are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I
3: um I've had it for about a week and I was really shocked how quickly I moved it into my workflow. Like I don't even think about it anymore. The trigger word is weird saying, hey, comma, Google, or okay. I don't want to say the trigger word and start her up. It's the same right. way you don't want to say. Yeah, the, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 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 With the X. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and it's even worse if you have something on television because if they have ads for them, the the ads will trigger it, oh, uh, which yeah. is hysterical. Oh. So I got really good with uh, the CW last week, had some ads for Google Home, and
2: uh, I knew the ad and I, it would go – you know, hey, and I would go, <coughs>
3: really good to mess up the microphone. So it
2: pick it up. Yeah, I know if I'm watching something on QVC and, and I know there's a demonstration coming on. Oh, I didn't re- even know it one day. And one day I was coming in and it's like bringing up weather and playing radio stations. <laughs> <What
0: happened? laughs>
3: yeah, I believe the term was dry by Googling. Um, and that yeah. actually does lead me to one of the cons. At the launch of this device, uh, it does not have multiple support and uh, for multiple accounts. So right now it's logged into my Gmail account. Um, And when I was actually going through, I forgot that I had it hooked to my AT guys account. So I actually had to restart everything and get it back to my personal one because I have like 10 years worth of search data in in Google. I've lived in the Google life for a while. Mm -hmm. And as you heard, it said play music. So I have a play music subscription, Um, which is cool. But then if somebody comes by and searches for something that I'm not into, then it's kind of getting into my knowledge graph and I might get weird search results. Like, why? I don't remember looking up that kind of peanut butter. I like this kind of peanut butter and that kind of stuff. So that mm. they're working on that. They're aware of that. Um, one of the other things is, is that if you did connect it to your smart doors, you could have someone outside going, um, uh, okay, uh, unlock the doors. And you can do that with Alexa too. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as thanks, you heard, the the voice is is a little clearer uh, and a little bit more upturned, which is what I kind of like about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are pros and cons to Google Home. There's some things that Alexa can do because of the skill system, uh, you know, but it's had a year ahead of that with skills. Yes. The good thing is, is that uh, there's an SDK coming out in December and a lot of these skills, Uh, could be ported over to what Google's calling actions or custom actions. Uh, So that launches in December of 2016. And since Android was kind of what Amazon based their devices on, uh, it's hoped in the community that there isn't too much you have to do to actually rework those skills into whatever Google home is going to look like or their version of that in December. Now, when you when you want to get into what the differences are, because a lot of listeners might be going, okay, well, I have an Echo. Do I need a home? Not necessarily. Uh, if you don't have either, that's where you have to think about it. You know, do I spend more time in Amazon? Am I cool with that? Do I have Amazon music? Do I love the prime universe or do I like Google home or all the Google stuff I can do? And I'm hoping it adds more to the future, right? Uh, at the time of recording Google home is $129. And then Amazon is running specials all the time on Echo, Echo Tap, Echo Dot, what have you. Um, but the big difference is this. Okay, Google. Who's the president of the United States?
1: President of the United States of America is Barack Obama.
3: Okay, Google. How old is he? He's 55 years old. Okay, Google. Who was the president before him?
1: George W. Bush. To the Telegraph. 33, George Bush. January 20th, 2001. January 20th, 2009. Republican presidency.
3: Okay, Google. When was he born?
1: He was born on July 6th,
3: 1946. So you can ask it a series of things contextually, which is pretty awesome. And... You just have to remember where you are in the conversation. The only awkward point is, of course, you're having to say the trigger word in order to continue going. What I'd love to see is, is like Star Trek, where you ask the computer something, but then it knows that you're still talking to it. like It keeps the microphone open for another three to five seconds.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's not impossible that they could actually build that in.
3: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You could, I haven't mentioned this part yet, there's a a button on the back of the unit that allows you to push that to turn the microphones off. So you, if you don't want it always listening, you actually can have a physical button to push to turn microphones off. Okay. You can also adjust the volume by touching the top of it. The top of it is a capacitive kind of uh, thing where you you run your finger across in a clockwise manner. So you start it like close to six, and then you can roll it all the way around. Like at two o'clock, it gets to be way way loud, uh, but. That's easy to do. You just move your finger around and it will move the volume and and you don't have to do a lot of learning there. If you tap it, you can actually pause what you're listening to. So that's kind of neat. Visually, there's lights that light up under your finger as you're rotating it across the clock face Mm -hmm. to show you visually where the level is, how many uh, dots you've turned on is the level of loudness that you're on. But that's not something that you can't do non-visually, which is also kind of awesome. Now, does that have a
2: built-in jack like the Echo has that you can actually jack something in?
3: No, there's no Mm 3.5. There's nothing. Now, you could, again, use a Chromecast and hook it into an existing speaker system. So uh, this is a mono speaker. If you wanted to have really high-quality audio, then you would get a Chromecast, and then you would tell Google Home to do that. Now, Chromecast audios and the original Chromecast videos are $35. So it's not that expensive, um, to go ahead and do that,
2: which is kind of nice. it sounds very interesting. So let's get back to the part where you were talking about if you could not decide which device one like better. I'm assuming that right now, as it stands, you're going you're leaning more toward the uh, Google home,
3: yeah, I like
2: let's let's take it from two perspectives. If
3: you have visual family members or a spouse, Google Home is very innocuous. it. Like we said at the beginning of uh, the segment, it looks like an air freshener. You just tend not to notice it as much. And the bottom, to to get back to what I was talking about before, with the air freshener, the bottom of this comes off. It's uh, magnetic, so you can actually take this portion of the bottom off that covers the speakers and get a different base. And so they have metallic looking bases. They also have a satin clothy looking one. So you can actually make it fit more within your decor. Mm-hmm. The portion above it is white, but it's an off-white. It's, it's not necessarily a stark white mm-hmm. or an industrial white or an apple kind of white. And that way you could actually mix and match them. The idea that they want you to have is to have one in as many homes as possible. And in fact, when you go through the setup, you can see it says the default ones are like hallway you know, entryway, you know, be- bedroom, you know, outdoor, garage. Wow. Wow. They're they're thinking that, like the Star Trek computer, which is always where Google is. The difference between say Google and Apple is Apple wants you to have a conversation like you're having with C3PO or R2D2. They look at it as Star Wars, where there's some personality involved. Google has always approached it from the idea of the Star Trek computer. Yep. And this is that way. And when you ask me, did I like it? I've gotten really comfortable at walking around and just casually asking it, not doing the whole Siri speak. Hey, you know, (laughs) find me, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and no, I meant donuts. you know, yeah. (laughs) Siri. I'm not doing that with this. Um, the two microphones are very good. The far field microphones in this are pretty good and you you can be kind of quiet and conversational with it and it will pick Mm it up. Uh, and I kind of like that where it kind of, Ricky wasn't sure at first. She was like, you know, ah, oh, really I, I want it in the kitchen because I could use the timers and everything there. And then after about a day, she goes, I really like it in the office. And then like two days later, she's like, let's get to <laughs> so, oh. um, it, it. It just becomes something that you can ask. Like you could ask it for chicken and wild rice soup and it will search the web for that recipe. It'll tell you portions of it, but then it'll send you a link to your Google home app for you to look at. And it'll take you off from there so you could actually use voiceover or talk back to be able to look at what it's telling you. Um, And that's kind of helpful and kind of neat, especially if you don't want to have it read and then, wait a minute, what was step three? You know, you could actually go back and read it in the app. The thing that I kind of wish it was better at at times is, again, the trigger word because it just feels kind of stilted. And sometimes I do forget to do that. Yeah. Now the music on low volumes is a little muffled for me, but the but I'm you know, I'm listening to something dynamic like a film score, let's say like uh, Michael Giacchino's Doctor Strange score. That mm, yeah. sounds a little muffled, but if you turn it up, it really gets clear. Uh, but then you're annoying everybody else in the
2: house. So yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that. How do you as it's you know, it's all subjective, of course. Sure. Which what you like the sound of better. And I was gonna ask you that, and it's uh, yeah, I like the sound of the echo, and I do like, from what I've heard, the sound of, from what I can hear just through speakers. And yeah, I've, through I've the heard microphone, a lot of right, demonstrations already, right, right. and it seems a little richer uh, to me. Um, the voice l-
3: especially, and, and I think that's kind of what I've really liked about it. Now, the thing about the Amazon product, without saying a trigger word and setting everybody's devices off, um, is that you have to say something to it sometimes once, twice, or four times. And And that could be kind of a problematic. Um, but again, the echo has been around for almost two years, and Google has a little bit to catch up. But what Google has here, that Amazon doesn't, Amazon knows your payment history and what you bought and what you do, and that's its primary goal. The idea that that Amazon wants you to do is, and they've refined this over the years. Is to just buy something without thinking about it. The idea. And I do. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's 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 taken away that thought of uh, get me toilet tissue, you know. And you never thought you would say trigger word, you know, buy me toilet tissue. Yeah. No.
2: In my day, it was toilet paper. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
3: (laughs) Um, And the same thing here. Google loves search, loves data. You can actually go into the Google Home app and see everything you've asked it. You can actually hear the samples and all sorts of crazy stuff. Google wants to be able to provide you that information and most people generally use Google anyway for search. And that's what this is, is an extension of search. It just so happens to connect to all these other services and it just becomes ubiquitous that you say that in the same way that you're doing that with the Echo.
2: So You know, I can almost see where you'd buy two devices because I, you know, you, you hit the nail right on the head, Joe. Because yeah. what, I, what I love about mine and uh, Jason and I, we constantly, you know, are saying, well, there's a sale on, you know, so-and-so like uh, uh, coconut milk. And he'll say, okay, and then he'll, he'll just buy it right on the spot. I mean, it's very easy. And I think between the two devices, I think you'd really have it made.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to remember who you're talking to and and where. Um,
2: I have a trouble the, with that now between Siri and 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 uh, Echo. And exactly.
3: exactly. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, if you turn <laughs> if you turn that feature on, um, you know, I think I think that's kind of the snow crash to borrow a novel here for an analogy. You know, gated communities, these enclaves. And it really does come down to where you exist. Where do you live? If you live in the Apple universe and you use your Apple watch and you connect to your Mac, and then you're probably holding on to see what Apple does with Apple home and seeing where that's going to go with HomeKit. Um, if you have a long history with Google, uh, maybe you use a lot of Gmail, maybe you already have YouTube or, or that kind of thing. Then Google home gives you six months of YouTube red. Yep. And you can, uh, what's great about that is, is that you you actually get YouTube without ads, which is fantastic, but I have Google play music and I have the family plan and that's kind of like a competitor to Spotify or Apple music, but I have a lot of Google stuff. And of course I used Android for years. So for me, this was kind of the right place to go because it just taps into the swimming pool that I've been swimming in for a long time for other people. They might have a very large prime footprint you know, with all the services that Amazon offers. Ricky uses a lot more Amazon than I do. So in that situation, I'd probably borrow off of her account the same way that she's on my family plan for Google. In the middle of this is Cortana, you know, because Cortana could eventually get much better as well. Uh, So there's your Windows 10 Microsoft way of looking at things. There's a lot of these digital assistants, and all of them can make your life extremely easier Because it does become very easy to ask it something or tell it to do something. Now, I've I've mentioned at the beginning of the program, I have a smart cast television, and I'm still kind of playing with that. But there's an app that comes from Vizio, and I actually can control my television volume up, volume down, uh, switch the input sources, look and see how well the the antenna is picking up the uh, high definition signal from the app. And I actually paired that with my iPhone. I took my iPhone, got next to it. And during the process, it looked for it Bluetooth-wise. And then it paired my iPhone to the Vizio SmartCast set. And that's kind of neat, too. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are coming out now where we used to worry about, well, does the television talk? It seems like the iPhone or your Android phone or your Windows device, where your screen reader lives, that's where the controls are going to be going forward.
2: Yeah, I like that idea because I I was just talking about this the other day, and I'm not so much thinking about it'd be great to have a uh, box for Charter, which which I'm on right now. I'd I'd rather be able to control my device through some other device rather than depend on. For like some
3: people, let's say like okay, I'm with you because I'm I'm Time Warner now now part of the Great Empire. Uh, um, you could. Airplay it right. You could if if your if your device wasn't Chromecast enabled, if your app wasn't Chromecast enabled, you could airplay that out. So you could do that. But then in a lot of cases, you're then dedicating that Apple device to it. You know, or you can go get it uh, because a lot of Apple TV apps duplicate what some of these things do as well. It really depends on what what do you consume, more, right? Um, yeah. If you're more into radio plays, let's say you subscribe to a lot of Big Finish or graphic audio and you want a way to do that, then, you know, it depends on – you could airplay it or you could run through your 3.5 – wait, unless you have an iPhone 7. But there's ways to do that as you can Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But my point is is that there are – ways to do that in Android, right? So an Android phone can cast to a Chromecast device and it can do the same thing as AirPlay, you know, so you can actually hear talk back on a big screen if you want. It's a way that we actually do presentations at times. So there's a lot of duplication and I think that's good because you asked which is better. I always kind of brustle at that mm-hmm, um, yeah. because it really does depend now more than ever what you're into, what universe you live in, and what you plan on doing with the device. It's almost an individual use
2: case. Yeah, and usually I wouldn't ask that, but I was kind of playing the devil's advocate. No, it's asked in every review. Mm -hmm. I did an article on this over at Blind
3: Bargains, and each one of those reviews has to address it. And I think that's going to be a question you're going to get no matter what, right? Because they're very similar, but out of the gate, Google Home shows potential, but you're going to compare it to what you know, a frame of reference, which is the Echo. And they have a, a good first mover advantage uh, of two years, you know.
2: They sure do. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I was looking around the net a couple, uh, well, actually yesterday, and I sent this to Jason. Uh, do you know that the Echo now has a skin that's actually a battery-powered uh, group of cells that will power your device?
3: That. I think is important because hey Siri can go with you everywhere, right? Yep. Oh gosh, I didn't mean to do that. Everybody, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for listening. I just <laughs> so hard to do. It's like the first cardinal rule of podcasting now. Um, see, I set my own off, so I did it to myself. Uh, the that's it. The portability. There was an article I read about a week uh, ago when this first came out. I think it was Android Central that said, you know, I want a portable Google Home because the Google assistant that's in the Pixel doesn't do the, everything that the Google Home does. The same way that Siri on your on your Apple TV fourth generation doesn't do everything that Siri on the Mac or Siri on the iPhone can. That's also the other thing is that if you depend on this, you have to remember which device you're working on. Yep. Nymer, Jaber has a Pixel. And if you have a Pixel and the Google Home in the same room, Google knows this and it will default to the Home. That's bad because if you use your Pixel to set up appointments and calendars, uh, that's not supported out of the box yet at the time of this recording.
2: Mm -hmm. So
3: there's a little bit of a catch.
2: Mid November, by the way.
3: Yeah. So it's a little bit of a catch. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, it's early days. We're in the launch window of this device. Now, here's my theory. And this is kind of what Steve Jobs said years ago. If a company like Google or Amazon, or Microsoft, any of the majors, you know, Apple, if they were to let you know what they know, it might actually keep you from ever using these devices again. So Apple's very good at letting things out incrementally. Um, Google will have to do the same. Otherwise they'll draw privacy advocates in on this really, really quick. Uh, so there's a lot of things that Google Home will be able to do. There might be things that Google Home will be able to do after third-party developers make skill systems like the Echo, uh, but it will take time because the true raw power of this device would probably scare me, and I live in this universe.
2: The problem that I have with some of this stuff is that you were to, we were talking about skill sets just a minute or two ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope that Google uh, google home will allow one to go into the skill sets a little easier it may or may not I, i'm just really wondering but yeah, I'm on have,
3: rails uh, at the moment you're 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 right a lot of this stuff is on rails unless you're a programmer and you're into that yeah. kind of thing
2: i have problems remembering what skill sets i have i mean i know there's ways around it and so, i have problems remembering what to say uh to them uh they're so like you say they're on the rails and if i want to play you know name that tune i have to know how to invoke that skill to do it and
3: discovery is a big part of that right so amazon just created a big web page which you can search uh by title on skills so you could mm -hmm. actually physically do it as opposed to having to do it in the the uh app that's especially for the echo i didn't want to say the word there um Mm -hmm. with this um you're kind of years ago when you when i used to play video games uh I would go to the video game store and you would run into somebody who was playing the same game. And they'd go, oh, did you know on, on level two, you could do blah, blah, blah. Really? That's what this is like. JJ showed me something the other day. So, uh, JJ told, told me you could do this. Hey, Google roll three 20 sided dice. Sure. You got 18, 14 and
1: 18 for a total of 50.
3: See that, that I, I didn't know that. You know, um, I said in my my early impressions that there wasn't a way to fast-forward on the device. There actually is, but you have to say it in such a specific phrasing, which is really? what you do. Yeah, you have, to, you have to do that with Echo to some extent, too, you know, because Echo really responds to direct phrasing. But in this case, you could say, um, you would normally say fast-forward, but actually what you say is, um, you could say, jump to... or you could say skip to, you know, skip forward in five minutes is what I would think. But no, you say skip, skip to five minutes or skip 30 seconds or skip, you know, and that's how you do it. And it's just really weird. Mm. Um, Google has said uh, in some of the reviews and publicly that they're looking at phrasing. And that's why it's kind of sort of watching what you're saying, because they're trying to find better phrases or terminology or recognize that there's going to be a colloquial way of saying something that they didn't program in.
2: Now, since we're in the uh, ecosystem talking about uh, Google, can you uh, retrieve emails?
3: So not yet, but what you can do uh, is I can tell it good night and good morning. And in good morning, it will actually, well, here, I'll demonstrate. Hey, Google, good morning.
1: Good evening, Joe. This time is 7.09 p.m., The weather in Charlotte currently is 48 degrees and clear with a high of 64 degrees. Have a good one. Here's the latest news from Bloomberg Best at 3.51 p.m. today.
3: Brought to you by Bank of America. Hey, Google. Stop. So you could actually go in, in there and customize it. What it would do is it would tell you if you have something in Google Calendar, what your meetings were like today. Um, it would tell you, uh, you know, your appointments, if you have something on your list. And that's going to get customizable too. The idea that you could probably have a skill or whatever they're going to call it, action, where it would then go and grab your Gmail is probably very likely um, would it do something other than Gmail is my thought. I don't know yet. I mm-hmm. think over time that might happen. Um, but it would be a cloud service that you would sure. probably be getting that kind of stuff through. Mm-hmm. And I, I have 9,000 songs in Google play music. One of the things that I like about Google play music is that you can actually upload your own personal library to it and have up to 50,000 tracks up there. The downside is, is that unfortunately, um, it is not screen reader friendly, neither on Mac or Windows with NVDA or any screen Just reader. Just going to
2: mention that, yep.
3: Yep, um, that's, that's, it's depressing, but I, I still, I'm low vision and I have enough vision to kind of sort of drag myself through it.
2: Oh, good, you um, want to come
3: over and fix mine? <laughs> yeah, kind of, something like that. Ricky's, Ricky's asked me the same thing. Um, so I have like 9,000 tracks up there that I've, I've thrown up there so far. Uh, the downside is, is I need to go in and create playlists from... for me to be able to play a certain type of song unless I specifically tell it a direction to go into. So if I have a thing that's out of print and it's not able to be streamed yet, uh, Google Music will find that in a search. I just have to remember to be specific in what I tell Google uh, Home to go play. But again, there's some weird ways to do these things. Uh, And it's back to what you were saying a second ago, discovery. And it can be very frustrating if you're not into syntax, context, or weird troubleshooting. Like I said uh, earlier in the show, I couldn't figure out why I was in guest mode on this one device. And I had to go into two menus and drill down a little bit before I saw what was this, you know, this device is linked to Joe at AT Guys. And I was like, oh, oh. (laughs) <laughs> okay, uh-huh. now I know why. All right. That makes sense. Cause that's not my personal Gmail. So, and, and, um, one of the reviewers on the verge said the same thing where all his personal stuff, uh, wouldn't come over when he was on the test unit, when he was doing his review, uh, he couldn't review some of the things to see what it could do because all of his data existed on his personal account. And then he told the story about how if you put something on a shopping list, uh, his wife would come in and say, "You know, put brown sugar on the shopping list." Well, then it's on his personal account, and yep. so, you know, unless she reviews his account and he allows it, and mm-hmm. and when it does that, it puts it on Google Keep. And now, if you're an iOS user, um, you may have to get Google Keep because uh, it wouldn't open it in Reminders, uh, or you would, uh, if you see a website, it might try to open it in Chrome or prompt you to go get it from uh, Chrome. Now, Chrome does work with VoiceOver, so does Google Keep. It's just not something you're used to. Uh, but that stays within the Google ecosystem. That, too, may change. This is,
2: again, out of the box uh, during the first couple of weeks of launch. So, Jason, is your head spinning from all this?
0: It is. Um, okay. uh, I have to say that there's a whole lot. But I, I get what's going on. I mean, I understand the, the different ecosystems and, and how, um, you know, depending on where you swim, like Joe was saying, uh, you might want this one or that one or both or many.
2: <laughs> now, one of the things that I found that I have been listening to through uh, various like little bits and things that I've been catching from YouTube and different podcasts that then aren't usually as widely known as some of the podcasts that um, I have been into, you know, just some of the fly by night podcasts, which is not to say they're not good, but Joe, let's do a little bit of, I want Jason to see because he's not familiar with what um, Google home can do. Let's have a little, let's have a little trivia and show what personality that she actually has out of the box. Oh, you're okay. talking
0: about the game show. Yep. Oh, yes. I, I actually did catch that, but no, let's you do, do it that. anyway because people need to hear it. It's great. Okay. And would you hey, be able to... Hey, by, would you be able, which would, uh, by chance, to just get a little closer to the, the mic because sometimes it would fade out just a little bit and I want to sure. make sure it's I've, clear.
3: Sure, I've got her brushing right up against it. Oh, um, great. Hey, Google. Okay. I'm feeling lucky.
1: You said the magic words. Welcome to Game Show Mode, my
0: friend.
1: Welcome to Are You Feeling Lucky? The trivia party game that's a luck and (laughs) half-wits. You know who I am, the host of this silly show. How many are playing this time? One. We're playing solo. I've loaded up five questions. From now on, you shall be known as napkin. Okay, let's get things started. (laughs) If you need to get out, say stop. Do the math. What's 11 plus 27? 39,
2: 38, or 49? 39?
1: Challenging question, and you got it wrong. Believe it or not, it's 38. Question two has arrived. Put your cleats on. The subject is sports. How many defeats did Muhammad Ali have in his career? Zero, three, or five? Three. You almost had it. You should have said five. Here's question number three. The subject is books and people who write them. Sherlock Holmes series was written by which author? Arthur Conan Doyle, Ian Fleming, or Carolyn Keene?
3: Arthur Conan Doyle.
1: Yes, great job. Here's question number four. Think carefully. True or false, an average man spends five months of his life shaving. True. (laughs) Yep, that's it. Last question coming up. This one is well defined. Choose the word that means easily frightened. Timorous, diligent, or crapulous. Timorous? I'll give it to you. Good job. You know what that sound means. Here's the moment of truth. I could tell you were trying your best, and that's all I can ask of anyone. You got three correct, and that's a heck of a lot better than zero points. Nice job. Do you want to play again? No. Okay, I get it. We're having too much fun. I'll see you next time on Are You Feeling Lucky?
3: She does Mad Libs. Um, there's a thing called Crystal Ball where you could ask it, kind of like a magic eight ball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's always stuff again that you're discovering, uh, and it tells you in the app. It'll say, uh, "Meet your assistant." You know, ask it this, or um, you could ask it, you know, what its favorite color is, or are you feeling hungry? Some of these things are pre-recorded because you can hear the voice change, and mm-hmm. you can yeah. like, like if you'd ask it to sing it a song or something, and you know, okay, well that was pre-recorded. It's not. Uh, the the digitalization of the voice. But even that is pretty good. Um, It's it's actually spooky at times. Um, I've done uh, the game show with Ricky, and uh, I've done some other things. And it's kind of neat. You know, you might do it two or three times, or you might do it to show it off. Or if you're just looking for something to do, uh, you can just ask it like I did with the dice kind of thing, where I just ask it to do things. But (laughs) where it's really powerful is that search, um, just if you have a song in your head, you know, you just, Hey, play blank, uh, yeah. and you didn't have to pull out your phone. You didn't have to type it in. Um, and it's pretty good at finding a lot of that stuff in no. the control again, to be able to send it different places. And if you, you, if you have friends who have Sonoses, uh, those are expensive. So if you're looking for a cheaper way to be able to do that, or if you have older stereo equipment, the Chromecast audio is a great way to go. Um, because we have an old Bose system and you know, thirty-five dollars. I put this on, and now it's a streaming media player.
2: Cool. Yeah. I mean. I, I, now, are you able to define words and spell like um, uh, Amazon's product is? Uh, a lot of people think, "Oh boy, he's an excellent writer." Or, <laughs> truth be known, <laughs> I'm constantly asking for spelling.
3: Well, well, let's let's ask it this one. Hey, Google, spell crapulous.
1: It spells C-R-A-P space E-U-L-E-S-S.
2: Oh, I like that. It puts spaces in words That's and things. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And you can do nice. math. Um, you can do math things, even though I, I blew the math pers- portion earlier on, on uh, purpose, even though I, I publicly said I suck at math, I did want to demonstrate what a wrong answer was. So sure. don't don't send in cards and letters. I, I, yeah. no, I, I can... <laughs> I have toes. I can count that high. Um, (laughs) That's when we get past the fingers and the toes, I'm in trouble. But um, (laughs) you can can get a lot of that and kind of define that. So anything that you would normally ask Google or if you know some of the crazy tricks you can ask Google, it will do generally that because that's what it is, is, is Google search. It's just coming through in a voice interface.
2: Now, how did you come across the, uh, I know it was JJ that, that initially did this to you, but how did he find out that Easter eggy type of thing with, with a dice? How did he, how did he get into that? How do you know? Some, sometimes it's just,
3: you get a wild notion to ask it. And other times it's, I've typed that into Google and that's what's happened. Interesting. Yeah. and, and, and that's the big difference is Amazon has, what it knows about your purchasing power. It has cloud services and it has an amazing set of developers making these things to connect, uh, you know, your, your automation system. So you can hook Alexa up to, uh, you know, open your garage door Uh, at at the time of this, uh, the officially supported devices right now is the nest devices. So you could talk to your thermostat nest prior to the Google Home has been very difficult for screen readers to kind of grab and use an iOS and an Android. But this would actually give you the ability not to have to do that unless you had to troubleshoot it. Um, There's an S-Protect, which is a smoke alarm that too would connect to this. there is uh, things by a company called Smart Things that was bought by Samsung. I say it that way because if I say Samsung Smart Things, you would go, oh, I won't buy that because I think I have exploding devices. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Smart Things was a company that, that got bought by Samsung, and they make home automation things like uh, cameras and motion detectors and things like that. There's also Philips Hue, which is kind of neat because you could tell lights to turn on and off. And for some blind individuals, they might want to do that in order to give the appearance that they have lights in the house and that there's someone in the house. That's a security thing. So again, these devices, what Buddy Brannon, my good friend, would say is accidental accessibility. It's not overtly designed possibly out of the box for us, but it does definitely crawl over to our side of the sandbox and let us get to do these things in the same way that everybody else would use these devices with a smartphone.
2: Don't you think they are kind of, uh, sort of have accessibility in mind? I mean, then it's certainly not exists because I've spoken with a number of people. Um, Google and
3: Microsoft and Apple and, and, um, Apple, you know, all have amazing accessibility teams. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. They, the, you know, we, we, we've all interviewed Peter and other people at Amazon. Right. Right. Um, but they are also very large companies.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah,
3: they're they're huge. They're monolithic. You know, teams of of two hundred or what have you. Um, so sometimes something will get out the door, uh, and people won't necessarily go through all the way uh, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. make sure that works. I'll give you a good example. Um, there is an accessibility area within the Google Home Map, and what it is is the little bloop you hear when I ask it something. That's not on by default, and there are some in the community that bought this that were kind of like, "Hey, why isn't that on?" Um, Some people don't want to hear that bloop. We do, of course. Yeah. Um, But some people don't want to hear that, and so I don't know what the decision was why that isn't on by default. But it didn't bother me all that much because I'm going to go through all those menus anyway. Exactly. Yep. So when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I'll turn these on," you know, because I'm going to use it. But as an Android user, um, you might have heard. The noises that come out of a talkback-enabled phone, to me, it sounds like somebody pulling one of those child xylophones down the hallway. That drives me insane. That's the first thing that goes off when I use an Android phone. So um, a lot goes into making defaults for any company. Um, You know, that is a big contentious battle for a screen reader uh Jaws, NVDA, anybody, uh having done development, I know the battles that can happen of we want to make sure that all our features are turned on so somebody knows that they're there because of that big, you know, D word, the discovery word. So if I turn all these things on and make you go into say settings center <laughs> and uh-huh. to go turn them all off, at least you discovered them and you know they're there. Because the chances are if you've used a product, let's say you're a JAWS user since like JAWS 5, you may never crack a help file. You may turn off tips, so that's always a big thing. Some people um, might not do that to a product. There are people who probably would feel intimidated uh, by the skills system of Amazon. You know, there's when there was like fifty, sixty, great. Now there's like what more than like 500?
2: Three, four hundred, like three hundred, fourth. No, no, it's higher than that now. Yeah. I, so I
3: mean, that's that, I, that's going to be very intimidating to somebody who just wants it to be able to do one thing or another.
2: I know Jason and I were sitting down one time and we were talking about our our Echo devices and uh, we both heard about the alarm functions being able to be, that you could change them at will through the (laughs) application. And this was back before the app became, um, how can I put this uh, nicely? Uh, Now it's pretty much accessible, but clunky. Right, yeah. It was usable. It wasn't necessarily friendly. Right, Mm and before... It mm-hmm. just wasn't, and we were digging around, and we were, you know, talking to each other, and we finally figured out how to actually change the alarm sounds on the Echo, and that's pretty neat. And I believe, if I remember right, um, you could not, uh, you had to, by default, the sounds uh, to hear whether it was engaged or not was off by default, wasn't it, Jason? Yeah, yes, there? it's yeah. off, and you have to off. turn it on. Yep, just yep. like with the so Google. we. You're right. You do have to really dig, and you know, in a way, I kind of like that, because it forces you to learn how the app, uh, can be interact with, but in a way I hate it. So,
3: yeah, and I, you know, there are things that, um, you know, now we know triple click home for what it is, but what was the first thing everybody wondered about with that brand new MacBook pro was okay. If these function keys are gone, how do I turn on voiceover? Right? So just when you get used to something, um, these ways could change. And that can really throw somebody who's grown up in the ecosystem. Um, And when you come to a new product, again, I, you know, I've used TalkBack. I've used iOS for a long time, so I know voiceover. You know, um, you might get a little complacent. And where I come to that is custom actions, right? Some things in the Google ecosystem have custom actions or scrub, you know, so you can scrub to go back. Um, Some portions of it do not. Microsoft, Even Apple has some things that are custom action uh, friendly and other portions are not. So when you're a trainer, if you're an assistive technology trainer, you have to train for both. But you have to prepare somebody to be, you know, that might not be here. So don't get used to it. You still have to find where the back button is.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. oh, Yeah. Yeah. You know what, I'd like to see that we're talking about something in the future. I would love to see interaction between, like, let's say you and I could actually communicate through our devices, like uh, like through our um, Echoes or our Google Homes or maybe sure. even cross Platform. I think that would be cool.
3: Hmm. And, and you see that with Google Duo, uh, yes. oh, which yeah. is their, their new one, which is kind of their FaceTime clone. Yeah. Um, and so you, you could call me on my Android phone and I could call you from my iPad, you know, th- that kind of thing. And, and that would be nice. But again, we're back to that. Um, I need a reason for you to stay in and buy things from iTunes. You know, I need you a reason to stay in. Like if you want to buy a Google home, you cannot buy it in the Amazon store. I bought this through Best Buy. I went and did a uh, store pickup. Because each one of these guys is staking a claim for their side of the island. Yes. Um, so that's kind of a, a bad thing too. Is that there is a financial reason uh, for them to keep you in that ecosystem?
2: Um, I was going to ask you how you got your device because most people that I know, well, all two of them so far. <laughs> bought it through the Google their... Play Store, or <laughs> you no? Know, they've got their devices through uh, through the mail, I believe.
3: Yeah, yeah. through Google Play Store. Yeah. One of the things that I'm really, as, as crazy as 2016 has been, one of the things that I'm really excited about, that kind of is the pinnacle with this device, is that depending where you live, if you're if you're in a more metropolitan city, the things that are available to us as blind individuals in the community are astounding. Just thinking about what we have in the last three years between Uber, Lyft, shipping through Amazon the ability to do store pickup. So I didn't want to wander around the store. I bought this on bestbuy.com, which was fairly easy to use with a screen reader. I knew where the store was I wanted to go pick this up at. And when I walked in, um, they have a you know loss prevention officer at the front of the store. I said, I'm here for store pickup. So I walk in, I turn to my right. It's going to vary from store to store. Walked 20 feet, bought it, turned around, walked out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had a pretty good session where I could just get in a car by myself, not have to drag or turn somebody's arm and buy them lunch to take me to Best Buy, go get it, come back home and start setting it up. And I can't think of a time, Randy, where I've done that, where, you know, um, we have I'm still again.
2: waiting, man. I'm still waiting here in, in, in you know, this, in this city. We, we, we don't have Uber or Lyft. Yeah. However, and we're, we're like the third largest city in, in, uh, in Minnesota, and, uh, but having said that, I just saw an article uh, last week, maybe, that they're looking for Uber drivers. So what does that yeah. tell you? Now, that's number yeah. one. Number two, and I think, that, I think you'll get a laugh out of this, Joe and, and mm-hmm. Jason, both. It said, in order to use Uber, <laughs> you must have a smartphone. Yeah. So they're looking at it at the very yeah. beginning from here,
3: you know? Yeah, yeah, right out of the – and and I, I explained to my, my mother and father. I used to live in Texas. Um, uh, I, I explained to them years ago, uh, no, I live over here because um, these are all the services I have available. I have Instacart to be able to get groceries. Um, there's Harris Teeter that delivers groceries here. Um, there's Amazon – uh, same day shipping, if it's in the warehouse, they'll ship it to you in the same day. There, there, um, when I lived in Texas, people would come to Chris Cole in Austin and then they would just live there because it was designed for the blind. You know, the all the areas up by 4800 North Lamar because the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired was right there. So Austin became the default capital of the state for blind individuals, because people would get there, learn all these great mobility skills, then go back to West Texas or South Texas, and the skills wouldn't transfer. Um, So, you know, you would go to this place where there were a lot of people like you, there were a lot of services designed for you, and you would just sort of go there. Well, a lot of major cities um, are getting these things that weren't necessarily designed for us, and certainly with Recent lawsuits for various reasons, yes. sadly with surface animals. Um, but the point I'm trying to make here is that these services were designed for everybody uh, in a large way, uh, and we're able to benefit. We're able to jump on those coattails and make that work for mm-hmm. us. Um, but that that doesn't mean we don't stay vigilant, right? Uh, recent yeah. issues with, with Uber and Lyft or whatever. How many people see there's an update? I mean, I turned off automatic updates a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Time. Now, how many people run into that issue? But again, I'm very I'm very positive about what's happening. Um, look at all the people who are being hired by these major companies um, because there's a cold war in accessibility between these major companies. Um, you just had two events in October, Microsoft and Apple back-to-back. And the first mm-hmm. thing they did is they showed accessibility videos. Mm-hmm. That's that's unreal, and that I'm very, very excited about where we're going, uh, the number of people that are being hired for accessibility, usability, inclusion. Um, and so I think it's really neat. And for a guy who grew up uh, dreaming about being in the TARDIS with Doctor Who or watching a guy talk to his watch and a black Trans Am pulled up next to him named Michael Knight, um, these things are no longer science fiction. They're becoming science fact. And oh, that yeah. is really amazing to think about because you know that's your Apple Watch. Um there's autonomous vehicles. And um I think that's really fascinating. So the Google Home to kind of come back to where we were starting is kind of that way of saying T Earl Grey Hot or mm-hmm, um, yep. Mr. Spock asking a you know it or something or um Microsoft is working on you know various types of holodeck type technology. Uh, Microsoft spends a lot of money on research and, uh, they've, they've come up with different ways of doing things. Um, and they may never release it to market, but they love to go out there and just, you know, experience it. There's a thing that they actually designed for the Xbox and it was a little light hub that would sit in the middle of your room. And when you played a video game, it would display it on your ceiling or it would show uh, a a certain color of light to match the display for video games. They never released it, um, but that's the kind of thing that these companies do. Um, And VoiceOver even played into CarPlay for Apple. Um, When they designed VoiceOver, it was that technology that kind of worked into their way of working into a car entertainment system. So, I mean, that's what's really neat is that it's, it's starting with us,
0: but it doesn't stop with us.
2: I now, couldn't think of a better ending.
0: <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say, we are at the max amount of time. This has been some awesome conversation, and we can make a whole show out of this. So this is this oh, is yeah. fantastic. Oh, well,
3: guys, I appreciate you asking me. I, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank well, you're you welcome. For being.
2: And All right. Thanks for coming on for sure. Great. Great oh. to talk to you again. No problem. Anytime, guys.
0: Main Menu is a program sponsored by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It can be heard every Friday evening on ACB Radio Mainstream at 9 p.m. Eastern, and it repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen using any internet-connected device, catch it as a podcast, use ACB Link for iOS, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. If you are interested in submitting a review of your own, or if you have ideas or comments, email us at mainmenu at org. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at MainMenu. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next week.